So the next time that your child is upset, then you can say, we talked about this during a quiet time. This is what you choose. Remember, you chose X, taking deep breaths, running around the couch. I'm going to talk about these in a second. But then you're going to invite them to that coping strategy so that they can go, oh, yeah, I did. Okay, I'm going to try that now. Or they may not. It may not go well. So you're going to cross those off your list for now. The next time it's a quiet time, talk about it again. Okay, we tried to work on those. Those didn't seem to quite connect with you. Let's think of a couple of other ones that I can invite you to the next time so we can find the right one for you. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. In this episode, I am talking about coping strategies, both healthy, adaptive, or what we might call healthy coping strategies, and maladaptive coping strategies. In order to work through the tough stuff in life well, we need healthy coping strategies. There are a lot of ways parents try to help their kids deal with the big feelings around difficulties in life that can actually turn out to be really harmful. So today I'm talking about the do's and don'ts for teaching healthy coping strategies so your child can grow up practicing the healthy ones that will serve them in being far more resilient when they're faced with life's challenges. So first, I'm going to cover the host of maladaptive coping strategies and the problems that they can create. Then I'm going to cover the adaptive coping strategies and how you can guide your child in adopting one or hopefully more of these strategies over time that will help them learn to work through these big feelings in healthy ways. Now, when we don't adopt healthy coping strategies as children, we struggle in much bigger ways as adults to cope with these difficult feelings. And adults have all kinds of maladaptive coping mechanisms that either carry over from childhood or... They just adopt new ones to take the place of the ones they had in childhood because now there's a lot more options available. These are things such as addictive behaviors. Addictions are coping mechanisms, things like alcohol, shopping, gambling, work, food, and even exercise. Now, all of these things can be great and add fun to life, but they can become addictions if they become something we go to to deal with feelings rather than just something that's kind of fun to do that we like to enjoy in our life. And so we use these to numb feelings. When we're numbing feelings with something because we don't know how to process them, that is an addiction and an unhealthy coping strategy. So in episode 301, I gave a four-step process for helping kids process big feelings. One of those steps is inviting them to choose a coping strategy. So I went over a few of the healthy ones in that episode, but I'm going to expand more on this because it's not just important to have a few strategies to go to. I want to give the expanded list of the healthy ones and why these are adaptive and also cover the ones that are not so good and why. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode 301, you may want to go back and listen so you know what all the steps are. So when you get to the coping strategies, then this is kind of piggybacking onto those steps. 
So a maladaptive coping mechanism is one that is used to numb feelings, to push them beneath the surface and feel temporarily better, faster. There are four common maladaptive coping strategies that parents will go to. And you may recognize one or more of these from your own childhood that may trigger something, give you an epiphany about yourself, maybe why you react or respond the way that you do currently because of a coping strategy that you were taught as a child. Then there's two more maladaptive coping strategies that children will use. I'm going to touch on those two because I get questions about those all the time. Okay, so number one, using a pacifier to stop a meltdown. Now, this doesn't mean using a pacifier at all, such as bedtimes, nap times. Some babies need that to get back to sleep at night without waking up fully. Totally fine. Babies and toddlers have a strong sucking instinct for obvious reasons. They come out of the womb. That's what they need to do to survive. So for many kids, it does help calm them down or help them fall asleep and stay asleep. But when we give a pacifier when a toddler is upset for the very purpose of calming them down, it doesn't help them address the feelings, the upset, the disappointment that is underneath the outburst. And it doesn't give them the opportunity to learn how to deal with these emotions, to feel them and process them. We want to help our kids learn how to feel, recognize their emotions and process these difficult feelings to get through to the other side. It helps them learn that these feelings are normal. They're nothing to be afraid of and that they are fully capable of experiencing them and moving them through. It actually builds their self-esteem because they know that they can handle their emotions and they know how to work through them. So we want to be giving them this practice all throughout childhood. And then there's a message behind each feeling. And when we can recognize the feeling and then the message the feeling brings, then we can work through it. We can problem solve or we can learn the lesson that is coming with that feeling. Number two, distraction with a toy. Now, this is the same logic as the pacifier. Using a toy to distract from big feelings teaches kids to ignore their feelings and just do whatever they need to do to feel better quickly. That something will come along or that as they get older, they will find something to come along to distract them from the feelings. Distraction and redirection is actually a discipline tool that some parenting experts will teach. The problem with it is that it teaches poor coping strategies. It's a tool for the parent to calm the child quickly so they don't have to deal with the big meltdown and the upset, the disappointment, because they don't have the skills to guide their child through these feelings. It's certainly a lot easier to hand a child a toy than wait for them to work through those big, hard feelings. So in my distraction redirection class on my website, I talk about all the other tools that you can use in many instances that otherwise parents might be using distraction or redirection what you can use instead that sends the positive message about feelings helps guide your kids through them and get them to the other side with positive coping strategies. So the only time that I recommend distraction or redirection is when there is an emergency. So for instance, a bee lands on your child's arm. They're afraid of bees. They haven't seen it yet or they did. They're about to react. You don't want them to react and potentially get stung, especially if they're highly allergic. So you're going to distract or redirect them and get the bee off of them. And then you're going to talk about the bee and the reaction, how to stay calm later. Another example might be if there's a car coming, if it's coming down the street or it's backing down the driveway and your child happens to be either in the line of danger or that you're afraid they might go to the line of danger. Rather than trying to reason or talk to them, you want to distract, redirect, get them out of harm's way. And then you can do lessons afterwards. Okay, number three, and this one is so common. 
offering food in response to a hard feeling. Parents want to help their children feel better, and a lot of us are raised in cultures where food is love. Family meals and the effort a parent puts into cooking for the family. You go over to family gatherings with grandparents, aunts, and uncles. The gathering, the food, the sitting around the table, food is love. And these are wonderful. But when it comes to masking feelings, offering food as a distraction from feelings raises a child who learns to eat every time they feel an uncomfortable feeling. They learn that food is the comfort rather than how to deal with that uncomfortable feeling head on. So it's no wonder. We have so many people who struggle with emotional eating these days because this is such a common go-to. Okay, number four is trying to fix the problem and rescue. So this is giving in to their tantrum for the cookie or the toy or basically giving in to whatever they asked for because you don't want them to be uncomfortable. This is kind of masking the feelings, right? It's the parent who isn't sure how to help them through the feelings and so they just want their child to feel better. And so they do whatever they need to to get their child to quiet down. Then again, they don't get practice at hearing no, at learning that they don't always get what they want, feeling disappointment over not getting what they want and learning to be okay with that disappointment. So here's an example from our life just from a few weeks ago, although it wasn't a tantrum because this was my then 13-year-old who's now 14, newly minted 14 last month. But I know he was disappointed and I know that I said no. And I know he had to deal with that disappointment. He did fine. But he went to the tennis courts. He had been there over an hour when he ran out of water. Now, I bought this child a humongous water jug so that he will always have enough water. If he's there two, three, four hours, he should have plenty of water. Well, he forgot to fill it up before he left. And he called me. He asked me to come pick up his water jug, fill it up and bring it back to him. And I said, no, I wasn't going to do that for him. He needs to learn to be responsible before he leaves for the tennis courts of filling up his own water jug. I'm not going to be dropping things to come and help him out when he didn't fulfill his own responsibility and make sure that he was fully equipped to spend several hours at the tennis courts. Okay, so there's two scenarios where children exhibit maladaptive coping strategies. Now, these are normal, and I get emails about these all the time. So just know that when you see these, they're absolutely normal. It just means that your child is exhibiting a coping mechanism from feeling an uncomfortable feeling and that they are what we might consider maladaptive, but it's just because they don't have the skills. So it means you want to work with them on the skills. So number one, giggling or smiling at an inappropriate time. Usually this is during discipline. I get parents emailing me like, my child is giggling during discipline. It means they're uncomfortable. It means they don't know what to do. They're uncomfortable that their parent is upset. And it seems disrespectful. Parents think the child's being disrespectful. It just means they don't know how to deal with seeing their parent upset or disappointed. And so you're going to talk them through that. It looks like you don't know how to handle seeing me be upset or disappointed. That, you know, it's normal to feel that. But giggling or smiling really isn't appropriate. And it sends the message that you don't really care what I have to say. But the truth is they do. They're just, they're uncomfortable. So you're going to walk them through that. You're going to help them start to get more comfortable and understanding of seeing other people's emotions. And the more that you are honest with your emotions, that you show that you're angry, you're upset, you're hurt, you're disappointed, and walk through those and show them how to work through those appropriately and talking to them about it and through it, then they will become more comfortable with it as well. Number two is when they hurt someone else or they throw a toy or do another big action to feel powerful or in control or kind of work through that emotion. Again, just another maladaptive coping strategy because they don't have 
the adaptive ones that we're going to talk about next, right after a word from our sponsors. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than HomeThreads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Okay, now that we're back, I'm going to talk about adaptive or healthy coping strategies that you can use with your kids. So these are used to process emotions. They help us leave the reactive brain and enter the rational thinking brain. And there's many options for this. And there's many more that you may think of that are even different than what I'm going to share with you. But just to have that understanding that what we're doing is we're allowing them to process these emotions. It's giving them the time and the space to do that will help you come up with some ideas that maybe your child will really gravitate towards that isn't necessarily listed here. So I want to talk quickly about the four-step process just so that we can kind of fall in line with the four-step process. You understand, I'm going to go through it really quickly, very high level. If you want to go into it deeper, episode 301 covers it more in depth. But so 
Step number one is allowing the feelings, making space for their feelings to have those feelings. That's step number one. Number two, we're, we're going to connect with the feeling. We're going to say something like, I can see you're feeling really angry or frustrated or annoyed or stressed or jealous about X. I know it's frustrating when this happens, this kind of thing happens. So then we're going to invite our child to choose a coping strategy. So we can actually do this during two different times. The one I'm talking about right now is in the moment during that big time of upset. So we can do this during that time of upset. We also can talk about it later. So let's just say they had a rough afternoon. They had a couple of big meltdowns. We're sitting down at bed. We're cuddling. We're snuggling. We're reading some books. We can sit and talk about it. You had a really rough time this afternoon and you really had a hard time kind of connecting with a coping strategy. So let's a couple of coping strategies and have you pick something. So the next time that your child is upset, then you can say, we talked about this during a quiet time. This is what you choose. Remember you chose X, taking deep breaths, running around the couch. I'm going to talk about these in a second, but then you're going to invite them to that coping strategy so that they can go, oh yeah, I did. Okay. I'm going to try that now. Or they may not, it may not go well. So you're going to cross those off your list for now. The next time it's a quiet time, talk about it again. Okay. We tried to work on those. Those didn't seem to quite connect with you. Let's think of a couple of other ones that I can invite you to the next time. So we can find the right one for you. So that's number three, the coping strategy. This is to help process the motions and bring them to the place of calm. Okay. And then there's a fourth step about problem solving and how you can do that and work with them on that. But I covered that in episode 301. So this is where this fits in. So again, you can do it during a really quiet time, have them pick something that sounds good to them, and then invite them to use it while they're upset. Or you can just bring some up while they're upset, knowing your child really well, knowing what might work for them. Also, I want you to think about yourself because us as parents, this is the exact four-step process we should be going through when we're getting um, keyed up and getting upset, allowing our feelings, um, you know, knowing that they're acceptable. It's okay to get upset and frustrated and angry and um, overwhelmed and all of the things that we all feel pretty much at least once every day. Totally normal, totally okay, allowing the feelings. I'm really stressed right now because I backed myself into a corner. I have no food now. So I'm, you know, I have to pick up all, all the kids. I got to stop for gas. And I just, I, I really didn't plan very well, right? So it's, a, you're, it's okay to get upset and overwhelmed and whatever with whatever's going on and connecting with our own feelings with that. And then we are then going to use our own coping strategy. So think about the coping strategies that may work really well for you as well as for your children. If this is a process that you want to start to do more for yourself. So here are just some ideas. Drawing, coloring, and or painting. So sitting down to draw or color or paint, we're doing something that, you know, if you're a creative person, if this is something that you're drawn to or your child is drawn to is a really great way to just allow your mind to sort of relax because you're doing something that is brings joy to you but at the same time you can sit there and process the feelings through your drawing coloring or painting or your child can do the same thing they can even draw their emotions or color their emotions or paint their emotions about how they felt in that moment they don't have to do it that way they can just sit and draw or color or paint allow things to kind of work through their mind as they are doing this process. Or they can actually, you know, do that with the actual feeling they're having. Draw what angry feels like, what frustrated feels like. Yeah, there's a couple of different ways to do that. 
Another one that you can invite your child to is deep breathing and counting breaths. So counting to 10, you know, or counting however many breaths, like counting 10 breaths. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I had a great guest on the podcast, Kelly Winkler, who talked about breathing. So that's a great process. And I don't remember it exactly. You can go back and look for that episode and listen to that. She has a great technique, breathing technique. And I think you count, but it's very slowly and you go up to seven and then you release. Um, I think you release for longer than you breathe in. Anyway, it's a great technique and it's hard to do. You have to think about it. So it's a great way to kind of pull yourself back or help your child learn how to breathe. So you can just count breaths. One, two, three, you know, count, have them breathe and then count for them. Slow, actually, probably a little slower. One, two, have them count the breaths and breathe slowly. Or you could do that breathing technique that Kelly mentioned, which is great. A lot of kids, and I fall into this one, movement or exercise of some sort. If you have a child who's highly active, who's very physical, who's athletic, movement is often a great way. I can process so much when I am exercising. I will go for a run. I will just, because there's this rhythmic movement, so it's walking or it's running or it's swimming or it's biking or it's you know, even yoga. Like there's so many options of things that we can do that we can offer to our kids to get this out. They can go jump on a trampoline. They can go climb on a a climbing apparatus they have outside. Um, there are just so many options that of things that they can do, throwing the ball against the wall or you know bouncing a basketball. So many things that they can do that will help them process their feelings and what happened, what they were feeling, why it came up, and help them work through that. That is just such a great option um, for a lot of for a lot of people, a lot of kids, and a lot of adults. Okay. Another option, playing calmly with a toy that involves fine motor. So things like blocks, trains, building things like Lego, because they're using their fine motor skills. They have to play calmly. They have to focus on what they're doing. So this is another way. And then also related to that, because you're using fine motor, is free writing or a gratitude type practice, a gratitude journal. Gratitude journal might be for someone a little bit older, but free writing, even writing about how they felt, where they felt it in their body, why this came up for them, what was happening at the time. This can help process these feelings too. Some people will process it. Some kids will process it better through writing about it. This would probably be better for kids, you know, age seven, eight, all the way up through tweens, teens, and adults. Great to do that writing process. And then music. I have one, one of my sons, my younger one is big into music. I also love music. This is another great one for me. It's just, I can put on some music and I'll do it while I'm cooking dinner, while I'm doing things I have to do like laundry. And then I'm just kind of tuned out the rest of the world while I can be in my head and playing music and just doing some chores around the house. Kind of work through those feelings, those emotions, processing them while I'm getting some stuff done because I don't do well at sitting still. I need to be moving. So that works well for me too reading a book. This would not work so well for me sitting quietly reading a book. But for some people, this is great. This is a great way for them to kind of kind of decompress, let things go so they can come back to it in a little bit, uh, sit and read a book. And then another great one, this is one I love too, is hugging or talking and sharing. I love to go to my girlfriends 
to talk things through and talk about something that really frustrated me that had happened earlier in the day. So that's uh, another great one. So we all have ways that are just going to work differently for us. So you may think of multiple other things, as long as it's a way that you are entering your rational thinking brain and allowing yourself to feel and process the emotions. So maybe it's knitting, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's cleaning the bathroom. Like, I don't know, like there are just if you, people, I know people who love a clean house and it's just like, they can scrub and they can dig, and, you know, they could just scrub that toilet and they can just wipe up that floor or that kitchen or whatever. And they feel good because they're getting something done. They're taking out that frustration on cleaning their house. Like I have a girlfriend that is, she loves a clean house and she will just go and listen to music and clean her house. So it might be something different for you as long as you're allowing yourself to process the emotions, feel the emotions, work through the emotions. Think about maybe whether it's something that you did that got yourself into that situation that you want to try to do differently next time, or if it's a way that you want to react differently the next time, whatever it is, and you can move to your problem solving. So there's a lot of different options for that. Okay, so if you want to go deeper on any of this material, these processes, or you want to have a better go-to for discipline, of course, the positive discipline classes, all the positive discipline classes, power struggles, getting kids to listen, the positive discipline tools, helping your kids with anger, 60 classes on demand at the website, yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.